0: I feel that it was a combination of all of these energies and I call them four
1: energies that I have that were working together to to achieve these goals. Listening to you saying these things makes me realize how much I was still in a mindset of I must do everything within the same energy. Welcome to Not A Real Artist, a podcast by me, Iris
0: Fritchie-Cousins, and and me, Tamara Sagadevan, discussing relatable creative topics with
1: honesty and humor. In this episode, we're going to be talking about goals, goal setting, artist goals, biz goals, all of the goals. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to season two of Not A Real Artist. Very happy that you're here. Just want to go right off the bat and say thank you all for listening to season one. Like that was the big surprise already (laughs) that people listened. And for all the amazing feedback for just reaching out to us. Telling us all the things that you found interesting, the aha moments that you had, kind of the thinking that it sparked, it really means a lot to us. And uh, so we just want to say thank you. If you listened and enjoyed season one, please, can you uh, maybe rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts? We would really, really appreciate that. That would help us out a lot.
0: Yeah, season two, Tamara. Season two, can you believe it? We finally
1: made, made it, Mama. Yeah, I have a bit of performance anxiety. So do
0: I, but I'm also um, anxious about meeting you. I feel like we haven't, I mean, we have spoken, but we haven't spoken for a while. So it's, you know, like a like a first, second date.
1: Oh, yeah. Is she going to like me? Is she going to order garlic again? Oh, no. Just raw garlic, straight. I, I had loads of raw garlic last night and I was thinking, thank God this is a podcast recording where I'm just like talking to my microphone and not to like a, another face. <laughs> So this episode is about goals. Do you have any? I always have goals.
0: Sometimes my goals are not to have goals, but I am simultaneously a goal orientated person and a person who does not put much stock by it i don't know how those two live in my body at the same time but they do and that sounds like a very big statement for the start of the podcast but
1: well that's very interesting actually because like i if i think about you i would have i would have thought of you as like quite a consistent and conscious goal setter
0: i come from a background, most definitely, where goals were life. Hashtag, what's it? Hashtag Gold life. I don't know, whatever the hashtags are. But for the past two years, I've been having, I think I'm still in a transition phase, having this change from being a hustler to everything that falls in between. And then I would say like my final stage is like a guru almost, where this is the
1: year where I've achieved a lot, I feel, in my career. So... Can I just ask, you feel proud of what you've achieved in the past year and how much do you feel was that to do with the goals you set and work towards and how much do you feel like that wasn't to do with goals at all?
0: I I would love to give you just the straight answer like I probably think I do always. But for me, this year didn't come necessarily in setting the goals. I did have the goals and the goals were there and they were in my mind, but it was more about being process orientated for me. It was very much opportunities were coming to me and it was about taking those opportunities and then working within them and then letting them go. I can't give you like a percentage and say, this is what I definitely think it is and this is what it wasn't. I feel that it was a combination of all of these energies and I call them four energies that I have. That we're working together to to achieve these goals. Okay, and what were
1: the four energies? Okay, I, I was going to ask you a question, but fine, let's let's. Yeah, no, but now you've dropped you've dropped this little nugget of like you've got these four energies, and I'm like, you have to answer that question now because everybody's going to be like, what are the four energies, Tamara?
0: Yeah, I'm going to feel so self conscious. I would hope that we all play pretend,
1: and I'm a big
0: pretender, in, in a good way.
1: you like fake it till you make it right like that's why that's why this podcast exists like it's not because we felt like yes we can definitely do a podcast it's just because we wanted to and you gotta that type of pretending is part of getting anything done that is what I mean but I also mean that I pretend like I'm different people oh
0: interesting You said, oh, interesting. I hope so. And not, oh, crazy. It's okay (laughs) to be whatever. But one is like a hustle and grind energy. I woke up the other morning and I had, I don't know if you're a hip hop fan, but J-Rock, win. I have to tell you the lyrics, win, 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 win. Fuck everyone else. Win, 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 win. That's the lyric of the song. And that's a hustle and grind energy. And that was in my in my ears in the morning at 7 a.m., almost slapped a child because I was so aggressive and I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And that's my hustle and grind energy is like my most base energy, if I can call it that. And it's a... It's like, let's get shit done. Yeah. And like, okay. we'll we'll rest when we die. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of guy. And that was what I was operating on mostly when I worked my, my corporate job. It's an energy. It's based on revenge and comparison and stunting and showing my peers, you know, like there's better than you energy. And you know me as a person. I don't think I'm better than anyone else, but that's just who I pretend to be. My other energy is executor energy. So... We need to get to X. What do we need to do? Let's break it up into bits. I need it to be visible to see how close I am to the goal. What's next? Execute, report, repeat. It's that kind of energy,
1: like a quite a corporate corporate manager energy. Like so, your first energy is like quite rapper energy, um, <laughs> and then your second, like a rapper or fighter, and then your second energy is very kind of like a suit and tie corporate goals like fiscal responsibility. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And the reason I call it executor energy is because I don't want to call it like masculine and feminine because I get very nervous when I use those words. It it definitely is a corporate, uh, but it's, it's not a psycho hustler, as you yeah, say. Yeah, I
1: understand. No offense to any rappers who are listening. It's very neat without any edges, it feels like. It's very kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, keep going. Tell me your third one.
0: My third energy, I would call incubator energy. And this is where I spend time with my dreams and I talk to it and I ask it questions. How does it look? How do I want to feel instead of like, what do I want to achieve?
1: Oh, very good. Yes, I like that. I like that very much. I like, I, I really like already without you having told me the fourth one that these are very kind of like different energies and the fact that you're talking about having all of them, it feels very well-rounded because I think actually, sorry, I am going to let you finish in a minute. But um, what I think we get served quite often is as if we should be spending all of our time in only one energy in order to achieve anything like if you've got goals you've got to pick the one energy and then like carry that through uh, throughout your biz life whatever and uh, in order to achieve goals and what you're already kind of like bringing up is saying okay there's these different modes these different energies so you're saying that all of these different energies are integral to you achieving your goals and I love that okay, go with your fourth one.
0: No no worries. I, I do want to say it never used to be. Uh, when you met me, I was just coming out of this hustle and grind energy, and I was still very much in this executor energy. I was striving to get incubator energy, as I, as I like to call it. So You're right. Uh, We are told to be in just one, but also I had to be in the one to get to the others. And I had to become aware that I was in the one to get to the others. Mm. So if you can be comfortable with the fact that you have four or five or whatever, how many energies you have, I think that's the key to, and I'm going to say success, quote unquote, to to having success in your goals. My last energy is guru energy or guruji energy. (laughs) And that's like, oh, goal setting is a blind pursuit. I am making these goals with my past data, past experiences, and my current eyes. But tomorrow, I might be a totally different person. Something could happen in my life to break the beliefs that I have. What then? I've set these goals, and if I'm clinging and attached to it, like what's the point? It's a future takes care of itself. And I just need to be in the process, the now, like fully present in what I'm doing. And this energy really helps me. When I feel like, oh, my word, my final goal of having animals on a farm is too big. Like, I can't possibly, I don't even know how to spell cow. Now I want to go in and take care of them. I do know how to spell cow. But it's this thing of, okay, don't worry about that, Tam. Right now, what you're researching is the uses of cow feces.
1: And that's all you need to do now. Right. So. That's what it is, you know. So you're saying that the it's it's the more kind of staying in the present energy. Yeah. Because what you're saying, especially the first two and even the third the fir- third one, they are quite future oriented and you're saying that you have this fourth energy which is a balancing energy which is basically keeping you in the present. Uh, and not too concerned with where you're going, where you want to end up, whether that's all too big, too overwhelming, yeah. whether it's right or anything. Those questions don't come up in that fourth energy.
0: Yeah. Um. It's just about now, and I think I like this energy because <laughs> I don't want to put energies on 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 levels, but I do feel like being a hustler and this grinding culture. It's very much rooted, and I'm going to talk about chakras now. So. Please bear with. It's rooted in my root chakra. You know, I need stability. I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I have money. So I need to grind, grind, grind. Whereas the other one for me feels like an energy that's just like, what will be will be. All I need to do is what I need to do. And a very good analogy that I always think of is like I wanted to be a COO. So I wanted to grow mangoes on my tree. And that's all I was obsessed with. And I was fertilizing it and I was in the process. But Thank God when the tree fruited and bloomed, it wasn't mangoes. It was pawpaws. I don't know if pawpaw grows on a tree, but whatever. And that's my thing always. Like All those other energies were so blind to it that what was actually on the tree was a pawpaw and not a mango. (laughs) And this guru energy kind of keeps me in check. And also, I think this another thing I want to say is that's why you shouldn't be attached to your goal. Because when you get pawpaws instead of mangoes, You can still eat the thing, but if you're really upset, you're just going to probably destroy the pawpaws.
1: This is really, yeah, like, please breathe because I feel like you've given us some real kind of, well, you've given me some real gold to think about and also to feel kind of comforted by because... Listening to you saying these things makes me realize how much I was still in a mindset of I must do everything within the same energy because I hadn't even clocked that there were different energies that you bring. And I am the type of person who's always getting upset at myself for not being consistent or not being able to see things through or not being able to feel the same way that I know I felt a few days ago. and. I think that being aware of and then existing in these different kind of energy modalities, I guess, is is a great kind of comfort. So, yeah, like that's just super cool. I'm going to bring that into my kind of my life <laughs> and hopefully feel better about it.
0: Well, that makes me nervous. Number one, don't bring <laughs> it into your life. You and I had a conversation the other day and it was very fleeting. And it was about um, me being nervous to speak about this and you saying um, how you approached your goals this year. And I'm really interested to hear like your process, because I felt when you said it to me, oh, that was that kind of like guru energy to me. But I could have just been taking one sentence and making an entire story. Should I repeat what you said to me? Do you remember? Yeah. Please, I
1: have no idea what I said, but so (laughs) I said I'm
0: really nervous because right now and I'm going to say this horrible name, not your husband. I feel like uh, Andrew Tate right now with my goals, you know, like just really like a hustler, basically. And then you said, oh, you feel like really at ease because you feel that it just happened for you this year. Like you stopped thinking about it and
1: it happened. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Okay, so a few years ago, when I first started wanting to take my art further in terms of not just the art itself, but also, you know, teaching, making videos, that kind of stuff, I... Uh, started out very goal orientated. I had lists and I also had schedules. I had like yearly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals. And it was all very kind of, um, you know, like straight and pushing and stuff. And after a certain point, um, I felt like I burned out on it because I was so involved in the doing and the hitting these like okay two blog articles this is when I was still blogging on my website two blog articles a week and it was just at a certain point I realized like what is this all for I'm doing it but what is it for and I I kind of burned out on it I I, it started feeling like a chore and that kind of thing it just didn't work for me and then I kind of fell off the wagon and I did very little for a few years because I just felt like well I don't I don't know. I set out to achieve something but it doesn't happen so I might as well just like not like whatever. They were kind of two extremes and then I would say that the next stage was in mid-2020 when I started vlogging again and I started vlogging because I needed accountability and I needed to basically I wanted to do certain things and mainly it was making more art I wanted to make more art and I felt like I wasn't doing it and I didn't know how to do it so I started vlogging because then at least I was accountable to myself but also sharing it with others and I was sharing the doing but I was also sharing the struggle I guess so that helped me and I've been very careful and protective of this energy that I need in order to keep vlogging or to keep doing something. By being more careful about it and being less about, like, oh, I need to put out a vlog once a week, which is how I started. And then I realized that wasn't making me happy. So then I started being more conscious about, like, when am I going to vlog? Am I only going to vlog when it feels good or when I want to? And it was by basically working more with my inner self and not so much with, like, what do I feel I need to do or what are my goals or what are the markers that I feel like I need to hit? So I think it's been a process of becoming more aware of what works for me. And then at the same time, still having goals, like this doesn't mean that I'm meandering and I don't have any goals, but they're not, they're, they're a bit more flexible. They're a bit more kind of like um, influenced by how I feel. And that brings me that all that practice, like I I really want to drive home the point that this is all practice this isn't something that i came to overnight and had a personality transplant and then all of a sudden understood better how to do goals it's like it's been a very long arduous and sometimes painful process including doing things wrong including doing things in a way that didn't serve me or didn't make me happy or made me feel burnt out burnt out and stuff and then taking stock and going back and adjusting And um, but that brings me to now And the past year and the thing that I said to you about like things just happen. And I think that has been partly to do with uh, this kind of checking in with myself, whether things feel good. Like, do I want to do this? Why am I doing this? Like, if I feel like I need to be consistent on Instagram with posting why do I want to do that? Is that I want to do that because I feel like I have to? I want to do that because that's going to get me to my metric goal of whatever, many followers or interactions or whatever, or, you know, why? And, by examining that it's allowed me to let it go more because I'm realizing more what is actually important to me rather than just being on a treadmill that you don't even realize that you're on and you're just doing, 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 and you don't even know why. So I feel like I am saying yes to things that feel good. And I'm also saying no Two things that I don't want to do and I actually think that sometimes it's harder to say no than to say yes because when you get an opportunity and like maybe your ego feels good when you get an opportunity like oh wow they want me you know it's very easy to say yes to everything without taking the next step further uh, beyond the oh my god I feel so good to feel wanted and to say like okay does this align with my values? Is this something that I want to do? Is this something that I have time to do? Is this something that makes sense for me right now? Will it, does it bring me the value in, as in like, is it balanced? Like, you know, when somebody asks you to collaborate with them, uh, you are going to be giving them value and the value that they give you back doesn't have to be monetary. Is that imbalance? And I have become so much more careful about Examining this balance, that I have found that most of the things that I am doing and saying yes to right now, they make me excited because the balance is there, and I think that that is something that has taken me years to figure out, and it's actually made me in quite a comfortable place now energetically. So that's you know that that's really exciting, and that was a very long story to get to the point. <laughs>
0: no, I find it really interesting and also whether you like it or not i think many people identify with your with you and your honesty about where you are what you're struggling with and I feel that you're the type of person we need to see in the world. That's kind of like, hey, I didn't just get some overnight enlightenment. Like it took me a long time. You say at one point that you you burned out at the expense of your energy. Did it come at the expense of anything else? Was it also at the expense of, and I'm just asking, your family or any relationships or anything like that? Was it just your energy or does your energy affect your relationships? I don't know.
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. I have a very full life and I have to balance not just this art stuff that I do. I have to balance obviously being a mum and also having a day job, running another business. It is a careful balance and it's very easy to... To be, like for things to become skewed and or, or unbalanced and, and sometimes that's out of my hands sometimes you know I've taken on certain responsibilities like for example teaching responsibilities that are outside of myself so not like okay I want to vlog these t- many times a month but more like okay these are the things that I've promised to my patrons to deliver and this is the you know a commission that I've got to do teaching and then I'm busy in a certain sense and then all of a sudden my other job also gets really busy and then I'm like, okay, I don't have the capacity, either emotional or physical, to do all of these things. And those are pinch points and they're very, very difficult. And they're not necessarily like you can't control for them uh, beforehand. You don't know Mm -hmm. that that's going to happen. And then it requires adjusting. It requires, obviously, sometimes it just requires getting through because you can't change it and you do have all these responsibilities to meet. And that's just, you know, that's just it. But over time, I do feel like you can just say like, oh, wow, gosh, that was too many things. When the kids were off for the summer holidays, that was a very tough time for me. Because it was just too many things and I couldn't really get to all the goals that I wanted to get to, all the things that I needed to do just from like, you know, job wise, responsibilities wise. um. And then you can kind of like after the fact, you can take stock and go like, oh, gosh, I see that summer is actually not a good time for me to pile on more stuff so now for next year I know that either I uh, need to proactively do something to change that balance or I need to just take on less things and that's you know that's part of that learning don't know if that answers your question but that's what kind of came up
0: no (laughs) um I think what that also like makes me think of is you said it before that we feel like we need to just be in one energy but what also goes with that is that it's always go time and it's not just like there's seasons in the world, um, there's seasons in everything, you have seasons too. Sometimes you're not supposed to be working on your goal. And if maybe summer is the time that you take a break, then cool, that's what you need because um, we're, we're machines, right? At- <laughs> I feel like we're <laughs> machines and a machine doesn't work, I feel, well with constant friction. Something's going to break, some gear oh, gonna is going to Oh, it's going to overheat
1: type of thing. Yeah, yeah okay, you I get know? you. So mm-hmm.
0: that's why I feel like, This part of like cycles and rest, to me, it's not very natural. I'm still learning to get used to it. And I've said this before my body, I now understand when my body is giving out, it's because I've been embodying some energy for too long. And I've also decided that I don't need rest. Again, rest when I die. That is such a stupid thing. No, when you're dead, you're not going to know what's happening. So rest now. And just to be comfortable with that, to say, summer's a hard time for me. I'm going to just kick back. I don't know. What do you do during su- summer? Lie on a lilo?
1: No, I work really hard. That was the whole. Re- that was the whole thing. Like it was. There were too many things. Like I needed a bit more time in order to like do the regular hard hard work. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying, and I think you're pointing towards this kind of cultural thing that we experience, which is that like the having to always be on, having to always be working towards something, um, and only resting when you're dead it's a it's a very pervasive kind of again like a treadmill type thing um to be on and the the only person who can change it is you because the kind of the outputs or sorry the inputs that are around you are not all of a sudden going to say Oh actually you need to take some rest right now like you need to be in you know change change your energy be in a different phase um i mean if we're lucky enough that we have partners who are sensitive and can pick up on that maybe maybe you can but like i don't think generally in our culture that's going to happen so you really need to do it for yourself before your body does it for you and you have a burnout or You know, something similar.
0: For me, like I think of three things immediately. One, you're right, you need, you could have a partner or a support system that does that for you. I think I'm the type of person that needs that before I listen to myself. I'm more likely to listen to those three people that I respect before I listen to my coughing attack. The other part is, I know that I spent so long swallowing a lot of shit that I started needing permission to do things. And we spoke about that before as well, that you were one of the, the big permission givers in my life. Just the other day, I was speaking to uh, Larissa Russell from Creative You. and she had to give me permission to do something. And I was just like, oh, like when is this going to stop? You know, that people have to give me permission to do things. And I feel that we just need to be, we need to understand that some people do need those support systems and permissions because they're not in touch with themselves. And that's just part of their journey for now. And there's like no judgment. That's such a good point. That's like, yeah, I'm really glad you said that. I just think that the part where you said, like, nobody's going to tell you to take a break or whatever, I also think you need to look at the goal that you have and just make sure that it's yours, that it isn't built from 10 other people. Because the other thing you said when you were talking was it came over time um, that you you had to practice over time. I was practicing as recently as two days ago, like waking up at 5 a.m. I don't know if we have any 5 a.m. Listen listeners here. I strive like when i wake up at 5am i can i can do anything like yeah i'm going to run a marathon later 5am but it's been such a struggle for me since i moved to poland and then even more when i got into this creative practice then i thought who the hell said i need to wake up at 5am like it's robin sharma great i get it but he has like people giving him deep tissue massages and stuff. So he can wake up at 5am, you know, and also he's not sleeping with my partner. He might have somebody he doesn't like to cuddle with. I like cuddling with my partner. I said it. So once I realized that this thing that I had was just setting me up for failure almost every day because I was waking up and I was like, oh God, it's 15 minutes past five. I suck. Then I'm starting the whole day with the sucky energy. So in the same way that you don't want people around you to give you permission or you can't wait for them if they're not a part of your A-team to give you permission to stop hustling and grinding. Make sure this goal and this visualization that you set up for yourself isn't made up from bits and bobs of people who are not living the same life
1: of you as you, who don't have the same values as you. Who don't, who don't have the same struggles as you or the yeah. same restrictions or just... It's- they're not you. Yeah. I mean, this comes back to what we've talked about before, like that you've got to uh, figure things out that work for you. And yes, you can listen to other people. Yes, you can try things on, but only you can know whether something works for you or whether it's right for you. Um, can I Can I segue into something else now oh, um, and ask you, what are hashtag art goals? The thing is, I can, I can tell you what I assume hashtag art goals are,
0: but they are not my art goals. I feel that the hashtag art goals for me is what we're told we need to do, like post on Instagram however million times a day, have a big chunk of followers, have your paintings in a gallery, be proficient in oil, blah, blah, blah. I think those are art goals and they are good goals. Like, Don't get me wrong. You can learn to paint in oil. That's fantastic. But it's just, again, it harkens back to this thing, whose hashtag art goal is it? Is it uh Mark Zuckerbergs? Shame, that poor guy. Is it <laughs> or is it yours or is it some blocked up art teacher that you met randomly online that said to you, oh, that's derivative of something else? Like whose hashtag art goal is it? So with me, I do have art goals, but they're not hashtag art goals.
1: Okay, so tell me tell me your art goals. Oh, now you're getting personal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My art goal is, unfortunately, or fortunately, to become proficient in oil painting. That's a very practical goal that I have. But my other goal is to paint the biggest canvas that I can manage in whatever I want. And that's a goal that doesn't have, I think, a structured outcome. Because it's not like paint a beautiful painting. It's just paint the biggest canvas. Those are two that I I feel comfortable sharing with you right now. What
1: are your hashtag art goals, Iris? (laughs) Well, it's funny. I didn't really know what hashtag art goals were. I don't know. Like my art goal is just always to paint more and Mm -hmm. to paint, to let these other things that hang on to me fall away. Like what you were just talking about, like make sure that when, when you're doing your goals or setting your goals, that they are not other people's goals. And I feel like that comes into art as well. That when I am painting it's always kind of a dialogue within myself of like is this what I want to do does this belong to me because I find it as a as a person as a human I find it very hard and this is part of my struggle and this is part of my journey I find it hard to know what it is to be myself like what are my thoughts what are other people's thoughts what are thoughts that i think other people have of me which are my thoughts obviously but like they get projected onto other people and that kind of dialogue is present in almost everything that I do. And again, this has been a journey. I feel much more myself these days than I did growing up, even though I wasn't aware of not feeling myself at that point. But like the more you become something or you more the more you become aware of something, the more you become aware of the fact that you weren't aware of it before, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's just a kind of keep drilling down, keep honing in on the, me of what i do and my art and you know that's an ongoing journey that isn't something that all of a sudden you're done with or at least i'm not like i'm i'm not done with it um i i just need to get to my painting table more often which is a struggle for me because there's so many reasons and i don't mean practical reasons i mean just reasons inside myself for shying away from that so that's my, my biggest goal is just to always create more, create more for myself, for my own process. And then sure, I'll share it and stuff. But that's not, that shouldn't be. I I, I know that I'm getting off track when I start focusing more on, okay, I got to post this on Instagram or I got to, oh, I haven't posted for a while. Oh gosh, I should do some art so I can post something. Like, no, Iris, stop. You know, it should come from from something else from the wish to paint really so that's that's my those are my art goals but I think that's it's difficult because actually this brings me to my next point that I wanted to talk about which is art goals versus biz goals and I think it's complicated actually specifically for people like you and me and I'm sure loads of people who are listening who's art and uh, art and biz goals kind of like um merge together because there is an overlap you know when art is not just your hobby or like your um your thing that you do to relax but it's also entwined in what you are doing professionally then it, it can become quite complicated
0: yeah you see i'm i'm going to be very honest i don't feel like i am currently qualified to to comment on that because my biz goals are probably somebody else's biz goals and with me, I feel like this is how i operate I, I sit in this dream space, this incubator space, and execute a space and i and I formulate my dream, and then I let it go because to me, a dream and a goal this goal, whatever goal it is, goal implies that there's a start line and there's an end line. And for me, it's not about having somewhere to end. It's about finding that starting point and finding the threads and then going wherever the hell I'm supposed to be. Sometimes I get past that goal line and sometimes I don't. And that's why I feel like if someone is doing this as a business and they they need the money to survive, you know, because some of us need money to survive, all of us. I can't, I don't feel qualified to come and tell you. Oh, operating this energy because damn, you need to survive, and I'm not going to come in the way of you and your money. You know, like that's your <laughs> that's your thing. So maybe I think you you're probably better qualified to say how you balance those
1: things and how you find. That's a really good point, actually, by bringing money into the conversation because one of the things in this past year that um, I have struggled with is the concept of value and the concept of money, and I have noticed that. Putting the pressure onto my art to provide for me and my family is a very big burden. Um, because when I say that my biggest art goal is to just paint more. And, and obviously, if you are aware, I paint for self-expression and self-discovery. I don't paint commercially. I don't paint to sell. I paint for like a kind of an emotional process. So it's not particularly commercial. And then obviously, I do other things that m- may or may not make money, but like things like teaching and like putting, like being a content creator, but putting the pressure on in order for that to have to uh, create an income is very, very tough. And I have actually come to appreciate my day job a lot more because it affords me the flexibility to not have to put that pressure onto my art and my art business and it's also made me realize more about like where is their value that is not to do with money it's obviously it's complicated because you know we only have 24 hours in a day and we need to sleep as well like i definitely need a lot of sleep <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's other things that you need to do so obviously if i were to work my day job all the time then i wouldn't have any time to spend on this art but it's again it's that balance and also it's a recognition that for me right now and I know I'm in a privileged position to be able to say this I mean I'm in the unprivileged position in terms of like oh gosh I'd love to be able to do art full-time and for that to fully support me and my family but that isn't the case but I do have this day job that allows me to then not have to put that Kind of money pressure onto my art and my art business, and that means that I can make decisions that work for me energetically, without always having to put money first when it comes to my art biz. Um, and I feel like that's working really well for me. Like that's that's not working well for me for my bank account, but that's working well for me as a person who has motivation and who wants to do things and who also wants to do things next year and the year after. Because I think that you got to take care of your future self in terms of that the things that you are doing are sustainable. Sure, you can do something short term that you don't really like, but I don't think you can do things long term that you don't really like or that make you feel dead inside or whatever. So that's kind of what's been happening for me in terms of um, art goals and business goals. Taking money in and out of the question.
0: I'm paraphrasing here, but I think I I read something by Elizabeth Gilbert from Big Magic, which was kind of, you cannot put that type of pressure on your creativity to provide for you, and yeah,
1: that stood out to me as well in that book, Big Magic. Yeah,
0: and I, again, I'm in also in a position of privilege where I don't have to 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 do that, but I would say that. Uh, When I had a job and I was creating, um, for me, it wasn't even about money anymore. It was about the fact that I had no energy and no drive for life or any of those things. It felt like it was just taking away from painting. I couldn't, for me, I could not heal. It seemed impossible at that time to heal and to stay in that job. So I also understand if somebody's left and now they're like, oh, no, I can't make creativity pay. For my life. I think it's more about just that pressure. And by you not putting pressure on yourself, you remain nimble and you can pervert and you can change what you want to do. And I think when I come to you in 60 years time and I say, oh, Iris, do you regret not making a million dollars on the podcast? You're probably going to say to me, no, I'm just glad that I was able to uh, speak my mind. I said podcast because we haven't collaborated on anything else.
1: No, but that's the thing. It's like I I find it really difficult in a way to be a person who isn't motivated by money because I am motivated by feeling valued. But feeling valued isn't necessary. You can feel valued by having a monetary exchange, but it doesn't have to be. But so I sometimes feel like it is to my disadvantage that I am not motivated by money because it means that I will never be rich and. I will probably like money will always play a bigger part in my life than I'd like it to, because I will probably never have enough of it, if that makes sense. Um, hmm. But but the but the trade off that I would ha- that it would be in order for me to put money first it's not worth it to me because that would make that would just make me a, a, a like a grunt worker where that becomes the most important thing and I know that it wouldn't make me the person that I want to be so I just have to let go of it and i it means that I have to have a day job and all that stuff then that that's just what it is for me right now.
0: I would say that <laughs> I'm gonna sound so arrogant here but leaving my my high paid job made me understand that my only that my value was beyond money because before that one of the fears that I had was what's my value now? I cannot provide for my family. I cannot provide for charity. I can't do any of those things. I'm not physically able. I don't know to go and clean the canals of wherever canals are. So once I didn't have that option anymore, I realized that my value is in my listening, in my advice, in my just being there, in my humor I know I'm talking about kind of two different things here, but like for me, I don't find it difficult to not follow the money or to like, I think in my mind, because I'm still relishing in this thing that like money is not my only value, you know, that Mm -hmm. I can be separate from it. I think that's why it doesn't bother me so much right now, but speak to me in two weeks time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'll quote you uh, back uh, something that a wise person once said, and it's, where does your life force go? <laughs> that's what that's what all of this makes reminds me of and just like editor's note it was tomorrow who said that in a previous episode. Where does your life force go? And I also I do want to just um caveat the things that I've just said and it's like it's not I don't want to be like a proponent of the concept of oh we're all starving artists and we can't make money with art you can absolutely make money with art I know lots of people who have very successful businesses that are either selling their art or selling art adjacent things or services and that is not what I'm talking about there is absolutely abundance to be found monetarily in art it's just not that is not my journey right now, so I'm not you know, I'm not poo pooing it, I'm not saying that there that you can't make money with art, it's just that it's not my thing right now.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't get that vibe at you uh, from you at all, and I don't think that artists need to starve either. I am proof of that. Well, I do want to actually talk about practical things with goal setting. Oh, I...
1: oh my god, that's that's literally what I was about to say. I was like, okay, so can we just like have a bit of practical, like how to set goals? That's so funny. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> um, otherwise, it's just you're going to hear Plato and saucer the whole time. <laughs> with me, this is how I I view. This is my executor coming into play here. I always view everything as like a Lego, like a Lego building, like a Lego castle, and. That's my final vision. Okay, how am I going to do it? And it sounds stupid and silly, but maybe it isn't because somebody doesn't know it. The whole thing is the Lego at its at its smallest component is so unlike the large castle and that's what you need to build that castle. So go into your castle, whatever your dream might be. I want to be an artist and see what is the first, I don't know, room, turret, I'm not so um, familiar with the architecture of a castle. I'm from <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> I just had to say that. <laughs> you, you you take the room and you look at what's within it because you can't even build the whole room. Sometimes it's too overwhelming. And if it isn't, lacquer, good. But if it is, then, okay, take the bed. Can you build the bed? I can't build the bed. Okay, well, can you make the bid sheet? no. Well, can you find a thread? Yes, I can find a thread. And that's how I kind of look at everything. So with this new thing about oil painting, I am very intimidated by it because I am looking at the likes of all these Dutch artists whom I really admire. You're included. Uh, oh, <laughs> how do I get there? It's It feels so overwhelming for me. And my first step is literally now going and researching paints that will work with my uh, my cough or whatever. And as soon as I made that choice also, I just want to say that I think her name is, I can't pronounce it properly. It's it's, it's Sabra Iswad, I think. Mm-hmm. She's one of the teachers that were Life Lifebook. I saw a big thread with hundreds of comments about how to get non-toxic paint. So sometimes the universe also works with you in terms of finding that little step. So whenever you find something overwhelming and you've set a goal, ask yourself, like, is this the Lego block? Or is it actually I'm looking at 20 Legos put together and that's why I can't see it?
1: I love this metaphor. I like it's 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 really really good. So thank you. I'm going to put this into practice. Also because I am definitely the type of person who loses sight. I lose sight of the castle and I lose sight of the building blocks and like I just like I'm just running off some other way being busy and I'm like but let's take a step back and get back to the castle and get back to the to the the bed knob or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> This is such a
0: horrible segue, but in, in, in Lord of the Rings in, in the there's the horse's name is, is Fatty Bulger or Fatty Lumpkins. And there's somebody called Nob in Lord of the Rings, and every time we listen to the audiobook, we have to pause because we start laughing when we hear that Nobs come into the room. Um, I I do obviously want to ask your opinion, but one thing something came into my mind with this Lego metaphor, which is sometimes you don't have the special fucking lego piece because again you're from south africa and they don't sell it there so you know those special connectors or whatever yeah, yeah and that's when your creativity comes into play just because you don't have that specific piece doesn't mean you can't make it doesn't mean the castle cannot stand without it and i think that's maybe a different energy maybe it's not about goal setting oh it's like the pawpaws yeah <laughs> i'm just like my pawpaws come on iris <laughs> that's sexual harassment <laughs> how would you I come to you oh hi Iris um hi I'm also here yes hi (laughs) I have some art goals what's your your advice to me how do I how do I get to where I need to do what's
1: practical for me to do my name's Tim
0: by the way give me advice
1: oh I was about to say you know I don't give advice (laughs) you know I don't give advice oh well based on your experience Iris because all my
0: advice is based on my experience and it may not work for someone else and they'll find what doesn't work for them. So just think that.
1: I think for me, what works is having quite uh, actionable goals. So for example, and also to to set myself up for success. So, so occasionally I will put on my to-do list, paint, and it often gets like pushed to the next week and the next week. However, if I put on my to-do list, you know, create a new studio vlog around painting, then it's more likely to get done. So I have to find goals that feel legitimate to me and also that feel approachable to me because the instruction to myself to paint can feel too big and too overwhelming. Whereas the instruction to myself to make a vlog or like whatever, or make an art video, can feel a bit more doable because it's a little bit more like left-brained, uh, like practical. So for me, it's really about hanging my artistic goals, uh, my non-practical goals, really, on something practical. Yeah, like if that if that is something that you can take away from that, that would work for you.
0: For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. What it made me think of, though, is y- you said... To me, it's language as well, because it's from moving from vague language or even something I do a lot is like corporate language. Sometimes I'm like, who are you? What I do is when I when it's too vague or when it's corporate, I use it in a way or I am I articulate the goal in a way that makes sense to me and who I truly am. So I want to paint cool shit. That to mm. me is a great goal. But when I say I want to paint something that makes somebody within themselves see blah, blah, blah. It's like, it doesn't work. And I think that language is very important. You need to articulate your way, your goal in a way where it's not vague, but also that it's personal. It's not some lofty ambition from Robin Sharma.
1: And also, I I feel like this whole conversation actually has illuminated to me that I I'm a to-do list person, but I am not actually a goal person. And sure, sometimes goals and to-do lists overlap. But I feel like there's room for me and I feel excited about it. Like this doesn't feel like a should. It feels like I feel excited about thinking about some more goals. And I don't mean personal goals. I like I, I think I always just want to start with personal goals rather than business goals necessarily. Although I did once have a business goal that worked very well for me. I had a, like one of those big goals that you don't even dare to write down. Um and it was like I want to teach on an art course. And then it happened. It just, like, you need to... Okay, I am not... I'm not, like, a person who likes all the kind of woo-woo law of attraction stuff because I feel like there's so much wrong with it. However, one of the things that I have heard people say and that I do really rate is that you need to ask a specific question. Like, if you want something, then you need to be asking the right, for the right thing. So i'm gonna come back to money again but like i have a friend who had a very specific goal in mind that she needed a lot of money for so she didn't say i want to make 200 grand she said very specifically i want to buy this house in this location uh, that has this and this it wasn't an actual house that she'd seen it was just her dream house in her head and she was very very specific on it, And then she was able to go and make that happen because she was specific and she wasn't just like generic like oh I want to be success or like I want to make lots of money or like I want to get a thousand followers or whatever. She was very specific in what it was that she was working towards and I, I thought that was really cool.
0: I think what I want to say about that is like when we started I said there's these two simultaneous like things where I'm very goal orientated and I always have goals and on the other hand... Goals are fools, fools' errand. Mm. To me, when you say it's woo woo, like I agree with you and I disagree with you because it's woo woo if you need woo woo in your life. Woo woo. If that's what you need, then yes, it is. It is magic and it is whatever. But if you're more like logical, logic based, well, of course, that's going to work for you because you've named it. Your brain now understands it. You're going to scan papers for that specific information. You're going to be talking to people and mentioning what you've articulated in your brain. And that will bring it to you. It's not about a law of attraction, but it's actually a logical process that's taking place in your brain. But if you are into woo then it is magical. And I think that for me, some days I am extremely woo, woo like yeah, I'll put all the crystals in my bra. But on other days, I understand that I actually do need to learn how to <laughs> check for lumps in my breast. I'm
1: this is a horrible thing. I'm not making light of of breast cancer. No, I no, I think it's no. Check for lumps in your breasts. So <laughs> yeah, like, that good good advice. Like okay, so there was advice in here. Great. Okay, <laughs> healthy advice.
0: So like just. I d- I don't feel judgmental about myself when I when I when I'm extremely woo-woo and taking out my tarot cards and then the other time when I have this cap on and I'm like that's illogical. I am very comfortable until I bring it to my eyes that I exist in those both uh those what's it? I like
1: that. I want to I want to really learn f- you yeah, know I want to really learn from that because I feel like you're saying like okay so you're comfortable existing in these multiple ways and these multiple energies and I feel like if there's anything I want to take away from this episode it's that it's that you can exist in multiple energies whatever fits and I think that's awesome thank you very much that's the first time somebody's told me I'm awesome you are awesome today (laughs) I'll tell you again tomorrow so yeah I think um I kind of feel like that's that's that rounds it off unless there's anything else that you would like to say.
0: No, Iris, I'm here to win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're here to win. I do feel like something that's very important if you are not in any of those other spaces where you can just let it go or you can't spend time with it is reviewing. You have to review your goals and you have to... It's keeping in touch, like you said. Is this giving me energy or whatever, but... Maybe somebody needs to understand that that's actually review. So is it working for me? Have I reached it? Where am I? Because if you set your goals in the beginning of the year and you have attached yourself to them and you get to the end of the year and you see, oh, actually, I didn't write a single page in my book. You've like, just review. Every four months, I don't know, every four weeks. For me, it's four weeks. There's two problems here. (laughs) Maybe you can help me. When I messaged you and I said I was in that Andrew Tate energy. I was and I was just being, I, I don't like the guy, whatever, come at me, bro, I'll punch you out. Just by the way, this is an official call out. I was reviewing my progress for the year with goals that I set in this executor and incubator energy with the hustle energy. And I don't know yet who my reviewer is because this is still new to me. And my reviewer was saying, "You wanted to paint these five things, but you didn't do your to do list." And your that's how he sounds. He sounds like an old man, almost from New York. <laughs> get out of here! I'm walking here. That's a horrible. Um, so <laughs> don't come for us. <laughs> how do you do? You have any review process, or is it just checking in with your energy? Because with me now, I need to something I have a few months to work on before I, I get going with the, the new year. So, do you have? Any review process that you use, or any advice
1: that you can give to me? No, sorry, no. I the the thing is because I sometimes have uh, lists of um you know what I want to do this year, and then sometimes I go back to that list and I'm like, oh hey look, I did that thing, and I'm like, well, but but I didn't do it because it was on that list. I mean, as in like I didn't like consciously do it because it was on that list. And then other things, I'm like, oh hey look, I didn't do that thing. Do I still want to do that thing? Well yeah, maybe, or maybe not. And like, then I adjust. I have a running joke at the moment about my shop update. I've been working on a shop update since April. It's hilarious. It, so it's been so long and I keep going, I keep feeling like, Oh, I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. But then other things get in the way. And it's like, well, I'm just not really prioritizing this shop update and that's okay. Like, and besides now it's a running gag and it's hilarious every time I bring it up. So it's like, it's no longer a thing of shame. It's just a thing of humor. I don't know. I, I, I think that we have very different ways of working with goals and reviewing and I think I want to take a little bit more of a leaf out of your book but I also feel like you probably need a little bit more of my relaxed attitude. I mean it's hilarious that I am referring to myself as having a relaxed attitude but I do because I'm such an anxious person (laughs) so it's so funny but uh, yeah so a bit of a bit of both. I'm just I'm
0: thinking about your your feedback and I'm trying to to understand in my mind, like what could help with the, the review process as well. And I'm just wondering if it's actually feedback. Could that also be part of the...
1: I think your reviewer needs to be less harsh New Yorker and more kind of a softer person. Okay. I was going to say somebody from the South, but I don't want to start like another
0: civil war. Yeah, no more accents. <laughs> I'm the, I do accents all the time. And then sometimes I think, oh, am I being offensive? And then I use this alleged race card that we all have, you know, and I'm like, it's not offensive because I'm Indian. So (laughs) I can do it. No, I'm kidding. I'm not doing a Kanye. Please just everybody calm (laughs) down. Maybe I have another question for you and then we can end. So I said feedback now and now my, 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 my gears are turning. Like, what is feedback actually when you have art goals? Because to me, it depends on your art goals. If it's about social media, then the feedback would be the engagement you get on, on social media, right? If you're in art school, it might be from your teacher or professor or whatever. But like, what could that possibly be for me? Because hmm, I feel like feedback should be almost immediate if you're working with a tight review process. Like, I'm not a comedian, so that feedback is not going to be immediate. It's not like I tell a joke and people laugh. With art, the, the, I'm probably going to have to be the person that does the, the review and the feedback. But if it's not me and I can't be kind to myself, then who is it? Is it building an artist group? Is it... I don't know. I don't know what
1: the answer is. Do you have arts? An <laughs> I think it is yourself, uh, e- even if... You're being harsh. Yeah, even if you are being harsh, because I don't feel like... I think that feedback from outside can be good as a sounding board and it can be good, you know, for your if you're really down in the dumps. It can be good for your ego if somebody else believes in you and it can make you feel like and I don't just mean like it can be good for your ego, like as in like, oh, it's not worth anything, like it's only your ego that it's pleasing. I like it can be genuinely valuable, like when you are feeling like like crap about yourself or your art that somebody who does who loves you and, and, and values what you do can help you see yourself through their eyes. So that's definitely good but in the end it is really only you who can determine uh whether what you are doing is in line with what it is that you want to be doing and if it's if it has value to you i don't feel like you can get there partly through other people's eyes but not fully
0: I I agree with you. Just sometimes it's easier, as you said, to take the the opinions of those you you value or people who are kinder than you. I'm just wondering, besides speaking to myself, is there any other way that I can give myself feedback? Because sometimes I cannot speak to myself nicely and that's a work in progress. So then until I can speak to myself nicely, do I have to just never get feedback? Then I'm going to be waiting for a long time. I don't know. Is it maybe like practical ways... Is it comparing, like, I don't know, like doing like redraw this in your style? Yeah, maybe it could be because that's feedback, right? Um, You're comparing to yourself and you're not getting this, this talking in your head.
1: I think in this case, I'm a proponent of do it and move on. Like I guess I'm less of a reviewer and more of a... uh, So it's not like I'm like this, but my friend uh, Miranda Meulekamp, she's a painter, she's Dutch, and uh, she does a lot of things that are just like really quick. And she's like, okay, you're going to draw a bird, but you're just going to draw it three times really quickly. And it isn't about getting that first one correct. It's not about getting any of them correct. It's just about doing it and getting looser and just doing it.
0: Yeah, that is a very different energy. For me, I feel if I don't review then I don't know what I've done, what I haven't done, and what I've felt. Like, to me, reviewing is, like, almost sitting in my feelings for me because I have to think about what I've done.
1: I think what we're concluding is that you are the goal setter out of the two of us, and I am actually really the wrong person to have been talking a full episode about goals. I disagree with you. Seeing as I just, like, (sighs) do stuff and hope for the
0: best. (laughs) (laughs) But... We're a goal-obsessed or goal oriented society and maybe your way is the right way to go when we reach our final evolution. That's maybe. what we'll be doing.
1: So, yeah, when yeah. we are all Pokemon and um, <laughs> reached our final evolution, definitely. Iris, I choose you. Goodbye. <laughs> Don't throw your balls at me. <laughs> I want to just thank you for listening to this. And uh, I really genuinely hope that you have found something useful in this, especially if, you know, like, I feel like we have a. Uh... Exemplified how goals are things that you don't have to interact with in this in just one way. Like I think me and Tamara are very different in how we approach this subject. So I uh, really hope that that has given you some food for thought. And just want to quickly say before we get into the key takeaways of this episode, where we like really neatly wrap up with a bow all of the stuff that we've been talking about. I want to just quickly say uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate and review us uh, on Apple Podcasts. And then finally, we would really welcome your questions. If you would like us to address any questions that you've got, either sparked from things that you've listened to or things that you are grappling with, uh, we are going to be answering some questions in future episodes. You can email us, notarealartistpodcast at gmail.com, and we will get back to you and hopefully. Get to answer some juicy questions in future episodes. Now let's go into the key takeaways. Number one, you can operate within different types of energies. For example, hustle and grind energy, executor energy, incubator energy, or guru energy. It is not necessary to only exist within one type of energy in order to achieve your goals. Number two, sometimes you plant the seeds of something you want to reap in the future, but when it comes to fruition, it isn't what you intended or expected. If we get too attached to our goals, we might miss out on the value of the unexpected result. Number three, beware of getting so busy with doing that you forget to take stock of why you are doing it or where you are going. Number four, Make conscious decisions about your goals that are in line with your inner self so that the energy required is sustainable. Number five, it's not always go time. Sometimes you're not supposed to be working on your goal. We need rest. Number six, the only person who can break the pattern of always needing to be doing something is you. Number seven, it is okay to need support systems to help us know when to take breaks or to give us permission to do things. Number eight. When you have a goal, make sure that it's yours and not someone else's. Number nine. Sometimes you start and don't know where you'll end up, but you just have to follow the thread. Number ten. Putting pressure on your art to provide in a monetary sense is a big burden. Having a day job frees you from that burden, even if it can feel like a burden in itself. Number eleven. Think of your goals as a Lego castle. To avoid overwhelm, break it down to its smallest part and work on that. Number 12. Set yourself up for success and have clear, actionable goals. Think of the language you are using. Is it clear, specific, and personal to you? And number 13. Review your goals. Are things working for you? Have you reached your goal? Look at yourself with kindness in this process. Um... Excuse me. No. I put my phone on silent and it still does a fucking alarm. Anyway, I'm Zen.